0: Chapter 11 of Anne of Green Gables. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org. Read by Robin on December 23rd of 2008. Chapter 11 of Anne of Green Gables by Lucy Maud Montgomery. Anne's impressions of Sunday school. "'Well, how do you like them?' said Marilla. Anne was standing in the gable-room, looking solemnly at three new dresses spread out on the bed. One was of snuffy-coloured gingham, which Marilla had been tempted to buy from a peddler the preceding summer because it looked so serviceable. One was of black-and-white checkered sateen, which she had picked up at a bargain-counter in the winter, and one was a stiff print of an ugly blue shade which she had purchased that week at a Carmody store. She had made them up herself, and they were all made alike, "'Plain skirts pulled tightly to plain waists, "'sleeves as plain as waist and skirt and tight as sleeves could be. "'I'll imagine that I like them,' said Anne soberly. "'I don't want you to imagine it,' said Marilla, offended. "'Oh, I can see you don't like the dresses. "'What is the matter with them? Aren't they neat and clean and new?' "'Yes. Then why don't you like them?' "'They're... they're not pretty,' said Anne reluctantly. "'Pretty?' sniffed Marilla. I didn't trouble my head about getting pretty dresses for you. I don't believe in pampering vanity, Anne. I'll tell you that right off. Those dresses are good, sensible, serviceable dresses without any frills or furbelows about them. And they're all you'll get this summer. The brown gingham and the blue print will do for you for school when you begin to go. The sateen is for church and Sunday school. I'll expect you to keep them neat and clean and not to tear them. I should think you'd be grateful to get most anything after those skimpy, wincey things you've been wearing. Oh, I am grateful, protested Anne, but I'd be even so much more gratefuler if, if, if you'd made just one of them with puffed sleeves. Puffed sleeves are so fashionable now. It would give me such a thrill, Marilla, just to wear a dress with puffed sleeves. Well, you'll have to do without your thrill. I haven't any material to waste on puffed sleeves. I think they're ridiculous-looking things anyhow. I prefer the plain, sensible ones. But I'd rather look ridiculous with everyone else than plain and sensible all by myself, persisted Anne mournfully. Trust you for that. Well, hang those dresses carefully up in your closet, and then sit down and learn the Sunday school lesson. I got a quarterly from Mr. Bell for you, and you'll go to Sunday school tomorrow, said Marilla, disappearing downstairs in high dudgeon. Anne clasped her hands and looked at her dresses. I did hope there would be a white one with puffed sleeves, she whispered disconsolately. I prayed for one, but I didn't expect it on that account. I didn't suppose God would have time to bother about a little orphan girl's dress. I knew I'd just have to depend on Marilla for it. Well, fortunately, I can imagine that one of them is a snow-white muslin with lovely lace frills and three puffed sleeves. The next morning, warning of a sick headache prevented Marilla from going to Sunday school with Anne. "'We'll have to go down and call for Mrs. Lind, Anne,' she said. "'She'll see that you get into the right class.' now mind you behave yourself properly stay to preaching afterward and ask mrs Lynde to show you our pew here's a cent for collection don't stare at people and don't fidget i shall expect you to tell me the text when you come home anne started off irreproachable arrayed in stiff black and white sateen which while decent as regard length and certainty and not open to charge of skimpiness contrived to emphasize every corner and angle of her thin figure her hat was little, flat glossy new sailor, the extreme plainness of which had likewise much disappointed Anne, who had permitted herself secret visions of a ribbon and flowers. She later, however, were supplied before Anne reached the main road, for being confronted halfway down the lane with a golden frenzy of wind stirred buttercups and a glory of wild roses. Anne promptly and liberally garlanded her hat with a heavy wreath of them. Whatever other people might have thought of the result that satisfies Anne, and she tripped gaily down the road, holding her ruddy head with decorations of pink and yellow very proudly. When she had reached Mrs. Lynn's house, she found the lady gone. Nothing daunted, and proceeded onward to the church alone. In the porch she found a crowd of little girls, all more or less gaily attired in whites and blues and pinks, and all staring with curious eyes at the stranger in their midst, with the extraordinary head adornment. Avonlea little girls had already heard queer stories about Anne— mrs lynn said she had an awful temper jerry boot the hired boy at green gables said she talked all the time to herself or to trees and flowers like a crazy girl they looked at her and whispered to each other behind their quarterlies nobody made any friendly advances then or later when the opening exercises were over and Anne found herself in mrs rogerson's class Miss rogerson was a middle-aged lady who had taught a sunday school class for twenty years Her method of teaching was to ask the printed questions from the quarterly and look sternly over its edge at the particular little girl she thought should answer the question. She looked very often at Anne, and Anne, thanks to Marilla's drilling, answered promptly. But it may be questioned if she understood very much about either question or answer. She did not think that she liked Miss Rogerson, and she felt very miserable. Every other little girl in the class had puffed sleeves. Anne felt that life was really not worth living without puffed sleeves. "'Well, how did you like Sunday school?' Marilla wanted to know when Anne came home. Her wreath having faded, Anne had discarded it in the lane, so Marilla was spared the knowledge of that for a time. "'I didn't like it a bit. It was horrid.' "'Anne, surely,' said Marilla rebukingly. Anne sat down on the rocker with a long sigh, kissed one of Bonnie's leaves, and waved her hand to a blossoming fuchsia. "'They might have been lonesome I was away, she explained. "'And now about the Sunday school.' "'I behaved well, just as you told me. "'Mrs. Lynn was gone, but I went right on myself. "'I went into the church with a lot of other little girls "'and sat in the corner of a pew by the window "'while the opening exercises went on. "'Mr. Bell made an awfully long prayer. "'I would have been dreadfully tired before he got through it "'if I hadn't been sitting by that window, "'but it looked right out on the lake of shining waters, "'so I just gazed and that and imagined all sorts of splendid things. "'You shouldn't have done anything of the sort. "'You should have listened to Mr. Bell.' "'But he wasn't talking to me,' protested Anne. "'He was talking to God, and he didn't seem to be very much interested in it, either. "'I think he thought that God was too far off, though. "'There was a long row of white birches hanging over the lake, "'and the sunshine fell down through them, way, way down deep into the water. "'Oh, Marilla, it was like a beautiful dream. "'It gave me a thrill, and I just said thank you for it, God, two or three times.' "'Not out loud, I hope,' said Marilla anxiously.' Oh, no, just under my breath. Well, Mr. Bell did get through at last, and they told me to go into the classroom with Mrs. Rogerson's class. There were nine other girls in it, and they all had puffed sleeves. I tried to imagine mine were puffed, too, but I couldn't. Why couldn't I? It was just as easy to imagine they were puffed when I was alone in the East Gable, but it was awfully hard there among the others who had really, truly puffed sleeves. You shouldn't have been thinking about your sleeves in Sunday school. You should have been attending to the lesson. I hope you knew it. Oh, yes, and I answered a lot of questions. Mrs. Rogerson asked ever so many. I don't think it was fair for her to do all the asking. There were lots I wanted to ask her, but I didn't like to because I didn't think she was a kindred spirit. Then all the other little girls recited a paraphrase. She asked me if I knew any, and I told her I didn't, but I could recite The Dog at its Master's Grave if she liked. like. That's in the Third World Reader. It isn't a truly religious piece of poetry, but it's so sad and melancholy that it might as well be— "'She said it wouldn't do, and she told me to learn the nineteenth paraphrase for next Sunday. "'I read it over in church afterwards, and it's splendid. "'There are two lines in particular that just thrill me. "'Quick as the slaughtered squadrons fell in Midian's evil day. "'I don't know what squadron means, nor Midian, either, but it sounds so tragical. "'I can hardly wait until next Sunday to recite it. "'I'll practice it all the week. "'After Sunday school I asked Mrs. Rogerson, because Mrs. Lynn was too far away, to show me your pew.' I just sat as still as I could, for the text was Revelation's third chapter, second and third verses. It was a very long text. If I was a minister, I'd pick the short, snappy ones. The sermon was awfully long, too. I suppose the minister had to match it to the text. I didn't think he was a very bit interesting. The trouble with him seems to be that he hasn't enough imagination. I didn't listen to him very much. I just let my thoughts run, and I thought of the most surprising things. Marilla felt helpless that all this should be so sternly proved, but she was hampered by the undeniable fact uh, that some of the things Anne had said, especially about the minister's servants and Mr. Bell's prayers, were what she herself had really thought deep down in her heart for years, but had never given expression to. It almost seemed to her that those secret, unuttered, critical thoughts had suddenly taken visible and accusing shape in form of a person's outspoken morsel of neglected humanity. End of chapter 11.